the St. Louis Wedding Podcast, helping you plan the best wedding in the St. Louis area. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the St. Louis Wedding Podcast. This is Chris McMahon from McMusic Events. Today, we ventured out of the studio and took a little trip to St. Peter's, Missouri, and we are here at Brides by Design with Trish Layton. Trish, tell us about Brides by Design and how did the business come about? Brides by Design is actually a sister company to the Bridal Exchange, which me and my husband started prior to our own wedding in February of 2011. Our original goal for the business was to be a place where the do-it-yourself bride and groom who are on very strict budgets could find everything they needed from uh, wedding gowns to decor items. We kind of started with just about a dozen wedding gowns but had a lot of decor items like chair covers and sashes and centerpiece glass and things that we rented out you know, on a very affordable basis only keeping what our own budget was in mind, um, not so much what we thought the general public, you know, wanted or could afford. But as we kind of went along with the business, we discovered there was a need for other things, um, such as mother of the bride and groom dresses and flower girl dresses and bridesmaid dresses. So beyond my original dozen dresses, I thought I need to do something here. I need to stock the store with things that these couples are wanting or what they're needing. And I just started at that point to meet a lot of people in the industry. I put together, you know, a network of other bridal stores that they could bring me their older discontinued inventory on a consignment basis so that I could offer it at a lower price point to help these budget conscious couples. And from there, uh, we started in a 650 square foot older home in Old Town Florissant, Missouri, and now we're in a three, about 3,500 square foot older historical building in St. Peter's. So the need for the affordable, you know, couture has definitely grown, but it really wasn't my original intention to own a bridal store. (laughs) It just kind of fell into my lap as I saw that there was a a need in the area. So you've told us about the size of the store. On any given day, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at this huge long rack of dresses, and I'm sure there's <laughs> there's, a lot of there's many more there. on the other side that I can't even see yet. About how many dresses are typically in stock at any given time when um, a bride walks in? At any given time, there's typically about 800 wedding wow. gowns. Um, I personally own about three-fourths of those myself. Other The other dresses in the inventory are on consignment from other bridal boutiques that we work with in the area. Um, We do liquidation sales and, you know, buy gowns and auctions a lot. Sometimes businesses unfortunately go out of business and they have to have, you know, a place to really quickly dump a lot of their excess inventory that doesn't sell when they're in that liquidation mode. So those come here too. Sometimes they're on consignment. Other times we just purchase them. And then we can pass that savings along to our customer. But on the average, I would say about 800. We've had 1,100, 1,500 at one time, and it just gets to be where they're like hanging from the ceilings, and it just too cluttered. It becomes overwhelming, you know, for the customer when they come in if there's way too much. But we have a very eclectic mix of styles, I guess you would say. Our sizes range anywhere from zero 
negative five, you know, for the super petite bride, and we do go up to about 36. The average is about a size 14 to 26 for us. Now, you've talked about um, that many of the dresses are consignment. Explain that as far as what does consignment mean, and does that mean that all the dresses are used, or are they new? What does the consignment process entail? That's a good question. We get that question a lot. Normally, consignment works on a, on a split sale. So if I have a former bride that wants to sell her dress to recoup some of her expenses, which is common, they will bring the dress in. We will display it for them. If people try it on, then if it ends up selling, then we, we just split the sale right down the middle. Uh, other stores that can sign the dresses, they leave them here an indefinite period of time as a way to use this as an outlet store for them. And if they sell their dresses with us, we do get, you know, a commission. The good part of the consignment is if you are wanting to sell some excessive inventory, we have a very safe place to do that. We have the audience that's looking for a certain price point or certain style, and it just basically means that we're not purchasing it outright, but we're helping to sell the items for you. So not all the dresses are actual used dresses. No. Some of them are, but many of the other stock is new stock new, that you've gotten stock, from other stores, right. like you say. Um, the pre-worn dresses that we have, which have been in a wedding, we are unfortunately very selective with those because once they've been in a wedding, they look like they've been in a wedding. I mean, photographers have these brides on cliffs and going into water and, you know, wherever they're going to be, and they they look pretty beat up. Or they've been altered too much. If a bride is a real petite and they're, they ended up buying a dress that was a little too big, they would have had, you know, a lot of taking in and cutting on the dress, hemming, things like that for us. And the, I've had to learn the hard way. The dress could be beautiful. It could be something that is in demand. But if a lot of modifications were done to it, we won't be able to find somebody that looks exactly like that bride. You know, it's not built that way. So our used gowns, maybe five, you know, out of the whole entire store have actually, you know, been pre-worn. But they're in great condition or, you know, they didn't have a lot of work done to them. They've had them dry cleaned. They're ready to wear. If I took everything that came in here, we wouldn't be able to walk around, you know. <laughs> it just It's one of the... The sad parts of the after wedding experience is like, what do I do with all this stuff? Well, we used to take it all, but then we couldn't walk around. And that was a big complaint that we had um, with our previous location. So I just had so much stuff in the store that it was overwhelming for the bride to shop. So we kind of tooled back and, you know, had to be a little bit more selective with what we have. But for the most part, everything here, as you can see, has the original designer tags on them. They're just in a liquidated state as far as the pricing is concerned. And like you said, it can be overwhelming for a bride when shopping for a dress. You yes. know, many brides visit several different bridal salons or yes. boutiques looking for a dress. Step us through a typical process. If Brides by Design is, a, you know, one of the places on a, a bride's shopping list, you know, that she stops in, do they just walk in or do they make an appointment? Kind of walk us through that. Um, we take both. Typically, you know, on a weekend day, a Saturday or Sunday, it, it's more in their benefit to make an appointment just because of like time management and availability of like fitting rooms and a consultant and things like that. I would say we 
are one of the only boutiques that doesn't require appointments. I mean, you can walk in anytime. I just like to spend more time, if that makes sense, with the bride to find out, you know, what are they liking? Have they shopped before? Have they tried on anything before? What does their Pinterest look like? They always refer to that to give me a good idea of what the vision they have for their day is. And then we also do ask budget. You know, everybody has to have a cutoff point, what they're willing to spend. And, you know, we can take the time when we have it scheduled that way. And what is the average length of an appointment? Oh, goodness sakes. I mean, we try to keep it at about two hours. But, you know, sometimes you have too much fun and it leads into about six or seven hours. Long. I'm just joking. Um, but usually it's about 90 minutes to two hours. So if they would call or email or however they request an appointment, we will block off an hour and a half minimum. The most is about three hours, you know. At that point, if, it, you know, nobody has made a decision, we're going to go next door and have a cocktail. No, <laughs> it's a little tedious. Who do you suggest that a bride brings with her when they're shopping for a dress? That is a great question. And in all of my years, we've seen brides come alone because they just want that to be intimate to themselves. We've seen 50 people, you know, the average entourage includes like mothers, the grandmas, sometimes an aunt or a very close, you know, family friend, the maid of honor, all the bridal party if they're available. And that's great. I mean, we love, you know, the wah, you know, effect of this. But sometimes the bride can get lost, you know, in the entourage. And and I say that not, you know, in a discouraging way, but we've seen it to where too many people grabbing dresses, I want to see you in this and oh, please put this on and they get frustrated very, very easily. So I would say, you know, to bring one, maybe two people at first, ones that you really value and really trust, their opinion that will give you honest feedback, you know, like, oh, that, no, don't wear that one, that doesn't look good. Because ultimately, you know, 30 years from now, they're going to look back on their weddings and go, oh, I really wish I wouldn't have bought that dress. I hated that dress or I love that dress. I'm so glad that, you know, I had this person here to share that day. The initial kind of scooping out the dresses and seeing what's out there and what they like, I always encourage them to come alone. And that's just me being 30 years in the industry because they can get a feel for what they like and what they don't like and then schedule that appointment on a Saturday, you know, when you want to bring those people and have those moments. Because there are a lot of dresses out there. I have 800 of them here. And every bride has a different vision. They have a different style. They have a different just thought of how they want it all to go. And it's not what someone else wants. It's ultimately what they want. It's so when they're bringing their squad, sometimes you have to put on your, your psychologist hat or your <laughs> your referee you know shirt of trying to find I, the balance between yeah. what the bride's wanting or what her entourage is wanting. Yeah. Um, sometimes it, it it's gets, kind of a tough balance. It's a little – that's an interesting question you, because sometimes the entourages are awesome. And they're just like, oh, you know, we'll just sit in here and let you have your moment, bride. You pick out what you want and we'll just wait. Other times they're grabbing dresses and it's like the Lowman's basement sale. You know, if anybody knows that, it's stuff that's just flying everywhere. And you're like, whoa, 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 we need to slow down. We need to, like, let her decide. And I haven't gotten to the point where I need, like, a air horn or, like, <laughs> you know, whistle or anything like that. Like, bring it up. But, yeah, you I think that's like any business, you know, we've had moments where it's like Black Friday, you know, Walmart or something in here and other moments where it's just very relaxed. And, you know, those 
those kinds of things, you have to take both of them. Sure. And Weddings are an emotional business, and so are... They're very emotional. Choosing your dress. And you can get carried away, I would say. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm going off on anyone, but it, you can, it can get out of hand very quickly. And, you know, when I say, like, where do you want to be at budget-wise, that's one of the areas where it can get overwhelming really easily. You know, if a bride comes in and says... Well, you know, I'm on a very strict budget. Well, you need to tell me what that is. Because in my head, I, a strict budget for me was like a couple hundred dollars for a dress. I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, it could be thousands. I mean, we just don't know where, you know, that line is. And, and they don't have to disclose that. I'm not going to say you can't try on a dress if you don't tell me how much you want to spend. It does not matter to me, you know, where they're at. You know, money-wise, I guess I just want them to find what they're looking for. Do you often yeah. find that brides, they've got a a budget number in mind mm-hmm. that might not necessarily be a realistic number? Do True. you see oftentimes that even when they do let you know, kind of, hey, I've got a budget of two thousand or right. twenty-five hundred or fifteen hundred? Do you see oftentimes that they find something they want that's over that budget and they still go ahead and kind of splurge on that? Are they often going over budget? Um, Probably. I I mean, I'm in a lot of these groups on Facebook, you know, who are there. And I am probably shouldn't be because I'm an owner. I'm not a bride planning a wedding. But I'm in there as like a consultant type thing to try to help some of them find certain things. And I see that all the time. You know, they go, what should I expect to spend on my dress? I'm getting ready to start looking. Everyone comments. I spent $1,200, $2,200, $3,500, $399. It's like all over the spectrum. And I think you're right. I think they get like, I don't even know, you know, if I can find anything, you know, for whatever budget I've set. I was that bride. That's why I have the store is because when I went out looking, I'm like, I don't see anything for what, you know, I put in my little pie of what I can spend on a dress. Plus, I'm plus size, so that even narrowed my pie even more because those dresses aren't anywhere to be found for what I needed to spend on it, and I just built my whole business around that. We find a lot of times that the brides come in with a specific price in mind, but do they go over it? Yeah, what we have seen others in the entourage step up to the plate and try to help them. We've seen grandmothers throw their little credit cards out and pay the difference or pay for the whole dress. Lots of maid of honors do this as a gift. In all my years, we've had many, many tear-jerking moments where they've they've helped the bride make it happen if it needed to be that way. But our pricing, we tend to be flexible enough to where, you know, if it's within... 30 percent you know getting into their budget i'll make it happen sure you know most of these gowns are beautiful on the hanger but they need to find a bride if that makes sense so if i can make it happen for them i definitely do most of the time however they'll come in here with a certain budget and i think it's an industry-wide budget you know they're expecting to pay minimum twelve hundred dollars eighteen hundred two thousand twenty two hundred seems to be what our area is commanding for for a new gown they'll come in and they're going i just saw this dress at another store and it was seventeen hundred dollars and you have it for 4.99 how is that possible I'm like well it's possible because another store new jersey you know wasn't selling that dress so they wanted to get it out of their store because it's taking up valuable real estate for them 
So that's why I have it here, and that's why it's the price that it is. And the pricing tends to be lower than wholesale. So, you know, the savings can be phenomenal, but for us it can also be a drawback because the, our pricing will draw the brides in. But if we don't have what they want, then we just don't. It doesn't mean that we won't get it. It just means today I don't. But we do keep a massive file, these brides that come in, that want certain things or certain designers or whatever type of style. And when we do get it, then they're the first one to get called. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Well, the budget is an important part of the process. It's we see it in important. the entertainment aspect of it as well. Right. Brides will call and uh, we'll talk to them about everything we do. And once it comes time to talk about price, sometimes they've got that sticker shock because they didn't realize yeah. what things cost or what quality costs. And same thing, too, with the dress. Definitely. You know, they might see something on... Uh, Facebook, like you mentioned, the various pricing that people post mm -hmm. and not really have a clue of what a dress is going to cost until they walk in the door. And then sometimes it's a little bit more than they expected. And so yeah. they do need to kind of have a plan in place. That's true. I mean, our previous location, we were in the Newtown development in St. Charles. I think the number one thing that the mothers would say when they co would come in was like, your prices are too low. And I'm like, what do you mean they're too low? How could they be too low? I thought they were too high. You know, so I'm like, okay, well then go ahead and leave and I'll mark them all up. You <laughs> Come know? back in 10 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously we wouldn't do that, but I got to really researching that. And I think at first my pricing structure was based on what I wanted to spend, you know, thinking, oh, well, yeah, we'll get everybody in here. They'll be flocking in here, tens of thousands of people for the dresses that are $2.99, you know, and yeah, that kept us going for a long time, but we had more brides who wanted the Pinterest dress, you know, and I say that loosely. I'm not sure. bashing. Pinterest has been very good to us, but they have that image in their head, and I can't get that dress for $299. It just isn't possible. So, but I can get it for half of what they want to spend eventually if you have the time, you know, to wait. And when I say time to wait, I mean more than a couple of months. You know, these other stores, they go to market two times a year, sometimes three times a year, and they place their orders for the next season. So once they have like spring items now, they're all coming off discontinued lists and things so they can't get those particular dresses anymore from the manufacturers. Then what are we going to do with those? We have to try to sell them off the rack. Well, what do you do if you have a bride that comes in like, I just saw the 2019 Pronovius Elsa or whatever, you know, the name is. And they want that dress. They have that in their head that they want it. Well, they this little, you know, on the rack dress over here just sits there and looks like it should be on the island of misfit toys, you know. Sure. So they have to do something with it and it comes here. Our our main objective is to serve the bride who can accommodate, you know, the dresses that we have and the price that we have. We won't turn anyone away if they say I want the Elsa. I'm like, I will help you find it if I can. I absolutely will. Um, we have everything else in here as well. So if they're really trying to find different things, you know, we have vintage jewelry actually from like 1930 that was in grandma's jewelry box that they can rent, you know, things like that. So they don't have to go to 50 different flea markets, you know, and things to try to find these things. We have those. How soon before their wedding are you suggesting that brides begin the dress shopping process? Um, that's a good question too. Typically, if they're going to order a dress, which we don't do, but our sister stores do, it's six months to eight months, you know, to order a dress because when they order it, they go at the bottom of the, the stack of dress orders. So it, and it takes some time. 
I never realized how long a wedding gown took to make until I actually started selling them and started like working on them myself to alter them. Like there is a lot of steps that go into making these dresses. So if that's where they're at, they're going to need at least six months to almost a year, you know, for that custom ordered gown. If they are a bride who is getting married in two weeks, which that's kind of where we're at with our store a lot of the time, they come and I have to find something, you know, my dress was ordered, it came in wrong, or, you know, it just, I ordered one from the internet, which we don't like that, but it happens and they just, it's not going to work for them in their time frame. Then they need to shop off the rack. So um, typically it's six to eight months industry-wise. Now, once a bride comes in and she's got her entourage with her and they've done the appointment and they she's found the perfect dress and she says the... the I said yes to the dress. Yes to the dress, of course. What happens <laughs> next? Are they walking out the door with it or are there alteration options? Um, it depends on if they need alterations. If they are a bride that has visited us from, you know, southern Illinois and it, they need some alterations done to it, Obviously, they would take the dress with them. We do offer all kinds of alterations here within reason. Um, like, I won't take a size 20 dress down to make it a 2. I, that's not where my head is at. It's too confusing. We don't suggest that they do that anyway. But they would take the dress with them. Um, we do have purchase options also, like layaways and holds and financing, things like that, if they need to stretch it out to help their budget. Then the dress would stay here, obviously, until it was paid off. But for the most part, they take it with them, and they're so excited when they walk out with their dress and not have to leave it behind. Now, you mentioned you've got vintage jewelry available for rent, but do you also sell other accessories that go along with the dresses? Yes, we have jewelry, obviously, veils. Uh, we custom make veils as well. Uh, we have some shoes, not really, but we have purses and bridal robes for the whole entire party. Lots of little things like that. Once they're leaving the store, they'll go, oh, look at this, and oh, look at that. And I always thought I was a hoarder. Like, I have all this stuff. What am I going to do with it? But there's a need for it. Some people may want certain things. And I think I have found over the years, I'm like, well, I don't have that. Now I have to go buy a hundred of them. You know? <laughs> now, are you strictly just wedding gowns, or do you also offer bridesmaids' dresses or mothers of the bride's dresses? Yes, we do have those as well. Um, for a long time, we didn't have a nice selection, but we have found other stores that they weren't doing so well with them, and we needed them. So we offer those on the same basis like the gowns. They come in usually on consignment from other stores, and we have nice selection now. So, What are some of the trends that you're seeing that are emerging in the area of wedding gowns or brides' dresses? Other styles or other trends, I should say, that you're seeing going out of style? Um, that's an interesting question. I always thought, you know, we should be like right on, riding that wave of whatever current trend there is. And we do have those. The gowns, we're seeing a lot of illusion back pieces where they're it's like a sheer netting with, i'm glad you're explaining because yes. i have no clue what yeah, you're talking so about you're looking at the back of the dress and it's almost as though you know you see the whole back but it's they will put these applique lace pieces up and it just looks like they're kind of free-flowing bead work down buttons down the back it's really all about the back of the dress they used to be the front of the dress the while but now it's like well i'm standing up at the altar and we're getting there and I want everyone to see you know all this in the back so if i can find all those dresses yeah um 
things that I've seen trend wise are like the younger bride, I would say 22 to 30. They're not wearing veils. They're wearing, you know, really ornate headpieces like vines or, you know, these kind of garlands in their hair with flowers. A lot of those older traditions that we all thought, well, you have to wear a veil and you have to cover your face or you have to have all these things or the garter. A lot of them aren't even doing those things. Garter tosses. We're seeing garter tosses kind of diminish greatly at our receptions. I was just talking to a bride about that Saturday. I'm like, are you doing, you know, the the bouquet toss? She's like, no. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, all right. And the last probably six weddings that I've gone to, I've not seen that at all. I don't see like the dollar dance. (laughs) Like, why would you just go ask them for more money? (laughs) Sure. Um, But they're just, it, it seems like they're wanting it more simple. You know, very just kind of more elegant look than having earrings and necklaces and bracelets. It's just, it's all about the dress now. And they're just kind of using that as their canvas to do their whole event around. And which, you know, on us as retailers, it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, we're losing some of those sales. But if you have more of the other things that they that they need and want, then you know, you'll be okay. What are some of the important questions that brides should be asking when they're shopping for that perfect dress? They should ask about availability. And if they had to order a dress, what is the timeline? I think a lot of brides get, they get the images in their head and they, if they've tried on a dress and they absolutely love it and it has to be ordered. And I'm just speaking for the general industry, not so much for us because that doesn't apply to us. But I don't think they take that into consideration. They went in, they're expecting that dress to be available within a couple of months. They're used to seeing that 30-minute episode on TV and they walk in trial and by the end of the episode, the girl's getting married. (laughs) Right. Well, that was like a, you know, one year long process that got edited down into about 15 minutes. But they don't, I I shouldn't say they don't, that sounds strike that part. They, they just aren't aware, you know, of the timelines for things. And it's really unfortunate when it comes down to a budget issue or just availability for some of these dresses. And, you know, my kind of store, we've had those brides come in. They're like, I'm getting married in like two months and my dress isn't supposed to be here until the week of the wedding. And what if it's going to need alterations? And I'm freaking out. I'm like, well, first of all, calm down. You know, um, namaste, namaste, let's bring it down. You know, let's let's talk about this. Or they have already bought a dress. Sometimes they've bought more than one dress, and they have gotten a sticker shock on the customizations that they want done. So what do they do? They, well, let me find another dress that I don't have to do so much work on. So I'm like, wait, hold on a minute. Now you have three dresses? Let's look at these other dresses. And more times than not, I've save the other two dresses and it doesn't benefit me financially but as a whole I'm like if this was my daughter you know going into a random place and gonna spend more money that she didn't need to I would hope that you know a retailer would pull her back it's like let's think about this let's see what we can do and I I think they don't you know have a knowledge of alterations either you know they love that dress this is the dress that I want it's five sizes too big what am I gonna do well, you're going to have to have it taken in. You know, that's a lot. 
you know, and it's, it's not easy that you can just open a seam up and just do a little stitch. No, it has to be precise. And those things take time, and if you don't have the time, then what are you going to do? So I think, like you asked, the number one thing that they don't have, you know, any foreknowledge of is what is the timeline. You know, if they have a year or more, more than enough time, you know, in our world, you know, to get get it right. But if they're getting married in two weeks, what are you going to do? You know. Well, one advantage of, like you just mentioned, that two-week time frame is the fact that when they're trying on the dress here, it's going to fit. Chances are the same way it's going to fit in two weeks. Right. Whereas if you're ordering a dress, things happen. I mean, unfortunately, it's, you know. Yes, they do. Christmas season, I, I've been known to eat an extra cookie or two. Right. <laughs> right. And so. for us women, we, we have um, a thing called stress. And for us, you know, on a medical side, it keeps the cortisone levels uh, crazy. And, yeah, or we have certain things that happen to us in a month. And I, you know. Everyone should know what I'm talking about. That plays a huge part in this dress shopping thing. If it fit you good here, well, where are we at in the month? I've had to do on-site fixes of dresses. They will call me at 9 a.m. on the day of their wedding, and I go, my my dress won't zip up. What do I do? Or it's really loose. What do I do? There are things we can do, you know, and I've been known to do that. Mom, watch the shop, whoever, I got to go, you know, two hours away and have to fix a dress. And we don't like to see that happen. When they come in with us, we try to keep them almost nearly perfect in the fitting and the sizing when they're trying on so that if they were getting married in two weeks, they could pull it out of the closet. But things do happen, unfortunately. Do you have any helpful tips for brides when selecting their wedding dress? Gosh, I have a lot and I won't bore everybody with those. But Really, you know, the, some of the first questions that I ask them or kind of steer them in the store is the time of year that the wedding's going to be. How, why does that make a difference? It, it makes a huge difference with what they're going to wear because the different materials that these dresses are made out of, like a triple layer satin dress. Well, perfect for July. Yeah, perfect for July when it's 110 degrees outside and you're like, uh, and your wedding is outside. You know, most of your pictures are outside. Nothing looks better in your photos than a, you know, face full of sweat on your airbrush makeup. So, yeah, so things like that. But, however, November, perfect. You know, little wrap on it, awesome. Yeah, so they don't don't think about that. They're just thinking of a whole, like, oh, I love that dress. Oh, my gosh, I absolutely love it. Okay, well, let's try it on. She goes, this is the heaviest thing I've ever had on in my life. It's 40 pounds, literally. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to need a slip or you're going to need, you know, undergarments. And once you start layering these things on, it, they're, ah, get it off, get it off. So time of year for us is one of the first things. Is it going to be indoor or outdoor? Are you going to have photos taken, you know, down on the landing or down in Old Town St. Charles? And they just look at me sometimes like, well, yeah, or I don't know. And I'm like, well, you need to know these things because if the dress you pick has a 20-foot train, you know, you're going to have to have it bustled up, you know, for the pictures. But you want it to be all out and just things like that. So we do take more time asking really silly questions, I guess. And the entourage just want them to start trying on. But we can eliminate a lot of headache, a lot of physical exertion, getting in and out of these dresses for them just with a few questions asked. 
So they need to be aware of the time of year they're getting married. What is the weight of some of these materials? Is a satin dress going to be too heavy for me to wear in July? Or do I need to look at other alternatives like chiffons and organzas that are lightweight and they call them flowy bottom? That's a big trend right now, the flowy bottom. Tool, netting, they're super lightweight and can still have that dramatic effect. Also, another tip would be to ask for discounts. Ask for, you know, do you have anything that looks like this that might be where I need to be budget-wise? I always say ask. You know, all they can do is tell you no. Sure. You know, and on the decorating side, when they're doing their receptions, you know, they have their Pinterest boards filled with centerpieces and all that. I always say, why don't you ask the venues, you know, if anybody left anything behind? Or do you have anything that I can use, you know, incorporate into? Because the majority of your guests will not pay attention to what's on the table because they're only going to sit there to eat, you know, and then they're up dancing or they're at their bar or they're whatever they're doing. Photo booth, you know how busy those things get. Mm -hmm. um, they just don't pay attention. You know, the emphasis should be on where the photos are going to be, like the head table, your gift table, a memorial table with photos of loved ones that have passed. Those are really great focal points to put the arrangements and things like that. And so if you can tell them that, if they're open to doing that, then that frees up some of the decor budget to where they can put it over to other areas you know, that are going to make the most lasting memories for them, such as the photo booths and things that they really wish that they had, but, you know, they couldn't do that. And the same goes for the dresses. If they come in with a $1,000 budget and they actually find a dress for $99, because we do have those every day, then I've just freed them up $900 to spend somewhere else. You know, my older days, I used to say, why don't you invest it in a 401k? <laughs> well, that isn't going to happen, you know, so... But $900 could extend a cocktail hour. It could um, upgrade to up lighting. It could pay for that photo booth. It could, you know. Honeymoon. Exactly. <laughs> nice chunk of it, you know, for a honeymoon. Or a down payment on a house. I mean, those are things that when I'm trying to give them a little knowledge, that I'm like, open your eyes a little bit. You know, this is one day. And I know it's going to be beautiful, but... What about the next day? You know, what about the day after your wedding you know, when reality hits and they're like, well, yeah, it's lovely. But those are just, you know, in the gowns. Oh, my gosh. So we did have, we had a girl, I have no budget, unlimited budget. I go, you have to have a budget. Everybody has a budget. I explained to her, I go, this, this is a process. And if you say, I have no budget, but you've spent $5,000 on a dress, we have them in here. They're not out on the floor. Because I can't just let everyone try them on because they'll get pulverized. But So I said, okay, well, let's just take $5,000. She goes, okay. I go, and you need $500 worth of alterations done to it. She goes, yeah. I said, how long is your wedding, like from start to finish? You know, from when you get married to the last person leaves at the reception. She's like, six hours. I'm like, okay. I said, so you've spent like $925 an hour to wear this dress. And she's like, Ugh. I mean, like all the color left her face. And those are things I think they don't realize. You know, when you really kind of break it down, the average wedding now is 25000 something like that. Mm -hmm. So for six hours, yeah, you know, $6,000 an hour. It's, it's a lot of money. It really is. And you can get married on the low key and still have a beautiful day. And you can get married at the Ritz and, you know, everything there. That's not what's going to make your marriage. 
you know, is the kind of party you have. It's between the two people. And we're here to help all of them. I mean, it, it doesn't matter to me where, where they fall in that way. But I do tend to be a little overly motherly, and I give some advice, and I'm like, well, you know, that headpiece really, you know, I'll just do something like that. And they're like, what? I've had more people go, well, but I wanted to buy that, but I really don't need that, do I? I'm like, no, you really don't. You know, you don't need the printed matchbooks and, you know, stuff like that. And they'll laugh and they'll go and, you know, hopefully if they remember to review us, they'll put stuff like that. But it's one day. It's one of the most important days of your whole entire life um, next to becoming a parent, if that's part of your journey. But it, it should be the way you want it to be. You know, you shouldn't really have to compromise. There, You should be able to find vendors who share your vision, who have as much passion for your day as you do, and, and want to do the right thing for you. It's about customer service. Totally about customer service. And I, I've always been in some kind of customer service role. Like my very first job, I worked for a caterer, 15 years old, worked weddings every single weekend. That's how I fell in love with weddings. I didn't always own a bridal store. I've always kind of knick-knacked around and did flowers and catering and things. But having a store with the responsibility of the overhead and all of that, it puts a little bit more seriousness on it for me that I want every person to either leave with what they wanted or something better at something that they can brag about to everyone else. And if they don't find it here, I want them to tell whoever they love, you know, the most to at least come and see what we have. You had given us some useful tips there a second ago, and I have a tip that I want to add based upon my experiences, because when brides and grooms and their wedding parties arrive at, you know, the venues where I'm the DJ and we're waiting for the bride to get bustled, uh, sometimes <laughs> that can slow the timeline down a little bit, uh, especially if, you know, those bridesmaids weren't maybe there at the oh, final right. fitting and things like that. And my tip is at that final fitting, video it with the phone. Get the video of how that dress should be bustled right. or where those little pull strings or ribbons or whatever the terminology is called. <laughs> I'm sorry. But have that video and share it with as many of your friends that are going to be there. Share it with your DJ even. Right. So that way, that night, they know how to, to bustle that dress because I've seen some stressed out brides <laughs> because moms yeah. or the bridesmaids are having issues with the, the bustling. What are right. some useful tips for bustling oh, that dress? Wow. Well, they could color code it. That's what I do. I color code it and I photograph it. I don't, I guess I'm not video savvy yet because I'm like, how would you hold, you know, like here, somebody hold the phone while, you know, we do that. But if it's a, a typical, like an under bustle, which is ribbons, you know, you, you match this ribbon to this one, you tie it. I, I either label them or I number them, I color them, whatever I have to do, depending on if the dress is see-through or not. And then from that, we photograph it like one goes to one, two goes to two, and then every step of the way. And then I make the bride send those pictures to every single person in the bridal party, even the mom. Because if they get on a party bus or something and, you know, they have a couple cocktails, by the time they get to the reception, they're like, how do we do this? You know, and half of them will get done and the others won't. I always kind of suggest after the last photograph is taken, then go into a bathroom right there before the party starts and bustle it. And I do try to make my bustles very user-friendly than anybody could do. And yeah, you're right. It, that takes a long time and they're doing it in the bathroom before the line gets in place there to be announced. And that's not the time to do it. The time to do it is before you get in the vehicle to take it to the reception. Great. 
Trish, before we wrap up, I've got the one magic question that we ask all of our podcast guests. If a bride comes in and says that we've got guests coming in from out of town and they're looking for one place for you to suggest that they should uh, tell their out-of-town family or friends to visit while they're here in St. Louis, what would be that one place that you would suggest, whether it's a a destination or a a restaurant? What's your one go-to suggestion? Definitely the zoo. If they have never been to our zoo, they if the weather is good, they should go to the zoo. We're one of the only free zoos in the entire country, and the way they're building it, constantly evolving, is just miraculous. So that would be my one like attraction thing because it's free to get in. Great. Now, tell brides listening to the podcast, how can they find out more about Brides by Design? What's your contact info and where are you located? Uh, we are in Old Town St. Peter's, which is on Main Street off of Highway 70 and Mid-Rivers Mall Drive, across from the mall and across from the big box store, highway-wise. Um, we have an Instagram page, which is Brides by Design with an underscore STL. We have a Facebook page, just Brides by Design St. Peter's. We're on Pinterest, Brides by Design St. Peter's. Um, we also have a website, which is Brides by Design, but design is spelled D-Z like zoo, I-N-E dot com. Um, and then all of our email information is on there as well. It's the best <laughs> way to contact us. We'll put all that information in the show notes as well. <laughs> okay. Again, Trish, thanks for being on the episode You're today. Welcome. And thanks for joining us on this episode of the St. Louis Wedding Podcast. We hope you're having a great time going out and planning the best wedding in the St. Louis area. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the St. Louis Wedding Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to be updated when new episodes drop. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook page and submit any questions or suggested topics for future episodes. I'm Chris McMahon from McMusic Events, and until next time, we hope you're having fun planning the best wedding in the St. Louis area.